<laughs> Sorry, Susie, I didn't tell you our strategy is to mess the speakers up before they get up here. <laughs> Um, but it was so beautiful to see Susie um, up preaching at our church a few weeks ago, and um, her mum and dad were there. And if I could just describe to you, in particular, her dad's face, just looking at his girl, he just said, I can't stop looking at her. This is the real deal. And truly it is. So Susie, thank you. Thank, thank, you, thank you so you. much. Wonderful. Thank you. Hello, everyone. That was quite an intro. Thanks. There's my mum. Hi, mum. Wave. (laughs) It is so great to see all your faces. Some of you I recognise. Hello, North Coast. Hello, I see you. Nats and the leadership team. It's wonderful to be here. I go way back. I used to be in a cell group with Ross, and I was Amy's youth leader. And... It's just wonderful to see what God has built through these beautiful friends. I have one of my besties here, Renee. I love you, a woman of integrity. It is fantastic. Uh, Firstly, I just want to honor John Ellis. When I heard that he was speaking with me, I was like, this is amazing. I had my life changed at one of the Tree 63 concerts. And I remember... I had given my life to the Lord when I was six years old. Bobo the Clown made something really impressive with balloons, and I'm like, I'm in, Bobo. (laughs) And then my family went through a really huge disappointment with the church, and I thought, that's it, I'm out. (laughs) Um, And so I always had a moral compass and valued principles, but my life was very religious. Um, and then I made a, a stand and got baptized, which was life-changing. And it was, God was in my life. But it was only until I was in grade 11, I was at a Tree 63 concert. And John said, who of you basically want to have more and, and, and know God? And the presence of God made me weep. But it made me courageous, and I went to the middle of a school hall at George Campbell, and I knelt down in the middle of the room with all my friends looking in on me and thinking I was crazy, and I remember weeping, and I remember thinking, God, I'm tired of being good. I want you. I want the real thing. And I remember the presence of God touching my life in an extraordinary way. And then later, about six years after that, I was sitting in a church. I'd invited my brother. He had also um, kind of walked away from the church and, and, and God because of so many disappointments. Maybe some of you feel the same way. You're like, oh, kind of no God. I don't want to know the church. Not sure about any of that. <laughs> well, he was sitting and I invited him because I knew John was coming to speak. And John shared his testimony. It was so impactful. It really connected with my brother. And he made a recommitment to the Lord, and I remember I cried for three days. So John, just thank you so much for your sacrifice, and I'm the fruit of that, because my life has been so changed, and I'm still fiery, and I'm after the real thing. Yes. So I am from Durban. Yes, I've been living all over the place, but I am Durban born and bred, and it is always wonderful to come back here, and I think God is doing something super special. What I felt to speak on today is the integrity of the Holy Spirit. So can you stand up for one moment? I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to say, are you ready for a whole new world? 
And then I just want you to say yes with a fist pump. Yes. Show me your yes. You can sit. Show me your yes is um, used against two-year-olds that always have a no. My godchild, Livy, uh, is an opinionated, amazingly intelligent little human. Um, she's older now, but when she was two, everything was no. And I said, Livy, show me your yes. Some of you may identify who have children here. The integrity of the Holy Spirit. Before we can have integrity, we need to know who the Holy Spirit is. We need to know that He is trustworthy and wonderful. The Holy Spirit is the love of my life. I don't need a ring from the Holy Spirit. I am wrapped in His everlasting kindness and goodness. The Holy Spirit is the kindest person I know. The Holy Spirit is powerful. The Holy Spirit is truth. The Holy Spirit is comfort. The Holy Spirit is loads of fun. The Holy Spirit is a deliverer. The Holy Spirit is freedom and joy and exceptional peace. Do you know the Holy Spirit? For so long, the Holy Spirit has been left out of the church and maybe out of your life. There's been some sort of weird suspicion, almost like there's this genie kind of God, and he appears when you panic. <laughs> help, 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 help. <laughs> appear, appear. God, if you could just do this for me, I promise you I'll serve you, I love you, I love you. And then you put, put him away in that like lamp tuck him away somewhere and you're like, I'm in trouble again. Where's the lamp? Where's the lamp? Where's the lamp? Where's the lamp? That's what we expect or that's what we think because we haven't understood the significance of the gospel that Christ died not only to forgive our sins, which was amazing and wonderful. Some of you have stopped there. Christ died so that the blood of Jesus would set us free and give us a new nature, would awaken us, that the Spirit of God could live in us, dwell within us. And not only dwell within us, but empower us. The Holy Spirit is not some suspicious being that floats around that is dangerous. The Holy Spirit is God. See, for some of us, we've always thought it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We're not really sure what to do with it, but it's a hierarchy. Holy Spirit's kind of at the bottom. I don't think he's that important. Anyone can identify with that type of thinking? I know this because I used to think like this, or I never fully understood. But you see, instead of a rung or some sort of triangle, If you just change the dimension, it's a circle of beautiful intimacy, the triune God, just like water can be expressed as running liquid or steam or ice. They are the same and they are the full expression. The Holy Spirit is God. You see, Jesus died and went to sit in heaven. We are seated in heavenly places because we are in Christ But what the Father did was so wonderful. He gave us the Holy Spirit to be with us here on earth. You know, in Hebrews, it speaks about Jesus interceding or praying for us. 
And as he prays for us, the Holy Spirit is here on earth, listening to those prayers and being with us so that those prayers that Jesus prays would be outworked through us. Do you know that the Holy Spirit loves to live in us because why? It was the intention of God, the intention of the Father to display his love and his glory through you. Do you know that he likes to live in you and he wants you to know that you are his display? You are his absolute delight. The Holy Spirit is not here to expose your sin or expose you and make you feel like you trip up. The Holy Spirit is here to expose and reveal your very worth and how much you are loved. Otherwise, why would he live in us if he didn't like us? The Holy Spirit is with us and he is in us. And for some of you, The Holy Spirit wants to introduce himself, for he has been on the outside like a genie. Because sometimes you've thought, God, you have let me down. You have disappointed me. I'm uncomfortable with you, and I've had a perception of you. So I'm going to put you outside. I'm going to decide. I'm going to put you, it's better that way because I can handle this situation. My control and self-righteousness is better. (laughs) And so we put him out there, this fragmented, kind of mysterious, floaty, blue, creepy, manipulative being. And on the odd occasion, we realize, oh gosh, we are out of control. Where's that lamp with that external force thing? Maybe God will come. Well, I want you to know that is a lie. That is a lie because the enemy, the devil, is real and he is on this earth. He also has power. And when Christians don't realize that they have Christ within, that they can be filled with the very nature and life-giving joy of the Holy Spirit, the enemy wins because you think, I have control, I've got this. The truth is that when Jesus came, he was a demonstration of what it was like to be yielded and submitted to the Holy Spirit. He was God, but he restrained himself. He restrained his abilities as God that we would know and see that it's possible to live like Jesus because Jesus was dependent on the Father. And Amy said it earlier, we actually are built in a way to need and want and to depend on God. It's a beautiful thing. And for some of you, like, God is cruel, God is a cruel, sick God. He puts me in this world and he sets me up to fail. And he wouldn't feel that way. And that is a lie. That's not truth. The spirit of truth is here to tell you that he's never set you up for fail. Yes, he's made life fairly impossible that we would depend on him because he wants relationship. The Holy Spirit is living and real. He's living in you, but he also needs you to know that you have choice because love is choice. Your will is such a gift from God. It demonstrates the very nature of God. He's not controlling. You thought maybe he was controlling, and that's why you put him out there. Unfortunately, you're the controlling one. He's not. He's given you free choice. If he was controlling, he would not live in you, and he would definitely not honor your will. But he loves that you want to love him and you want to be with him.
Everyone knows the person that you fall in love with or your family or your friends. It's not difficult. It's wonderful. It is a joy and a delight. He feels the same way about you. It's a friendship. It's closeness because he is in you. The creepy genie. Let's go back to the creepy genie. I got thinking about this and I'm like, wow, he's actually quite manipulative. Who knows the story of Aladdin? Yeah. And basically, Aladdin feels like he's only got three wishes and he can only use these little three wishes to make his dreams come true. And basically all around him, people make some bad choices. Some people are a bit evil. He can't control them, right? Dare I say that God gives everyone freedom of choice and love. So sometimes there are things that have impacted on you, that have created disappointment, that has been from someone else's choice. And you've said, God, look what you did. And I assure you that not everything that has hurt you and broken you has been from God because he loves you and he's for you. If he wasn't for you, he wouldn't offer him himself to be in you. So the Aladdin has these three wishes. And so the panic is, well, I've got to use them wisely. And maybe for some of you, you feel like you can only go to God at certain times. Or maybe you've been in trouble so often and you've called to God and now your three chances are up and that's it. Now, I want you to say that God cannot be compared to a genie. There is no comparison. He is is beyond that caricature. He is beyond that experience of a limited contained God that sometimes conditionally may come to you and may help you. I want to read a scripture. And this is in John. I've got an elastic to keep my marking. Thank you, Audrey. This is John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because he neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. I get so excited about the Holy Spirit. Because I know that I cannot live this life or know God, or have a relationship without the Holy Spirit. He is God. And when you look and consider other religions, and some of the work I do is around the world, so I have a context, and you see people looking to external gods, external forces, and you see people bowing down and worshipping with ease and um a a sense of gratitude to that which is dead and cannot even provide life or even have breath. And for many other religions, it's a, a means to be good or follow some sort of system or a way. But there is no other true God 
that comes to you and lives in you, not only provides a, a transforming power, but love and friendship. You see, it's easy to have integrity when you know the integrity of the Holy Spirit. The word integrity means whole. And that's why I wanted you to say it's a whole new world. You see, the Father does not give pieces of himself. And you too are not divisible. He didn't make you to be fragmented. He didn't make you to have parts of yourself kind of separated out. He gave the wholeness of himself. For example, if you're a mum, do you give a part of your heart to your one child and then another small part to your other child and then what's left over to the last born child? No, you give your whole self and all your love. So does God. If you do that in your, in your humanity, how much more does God do that? And we've seen it. He's expressed it through the blood of Jesus, through him dying and being raised again, and then providing for us the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read another scripture in Titus. You know what? I had to put a marker there because it's quite hard to find. It's one of those awkward ones, right? Titus 3. Verse 3, at one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. The Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit wants to dwell in you and speak with you. The Holy Spirit wants to remind you of your true identity. He's not wanting to catch you up or slip you up. He's not wanting to you to jump through some sort of hoop until you can get to him. The Holy Spirit is with you. And you know, the great thing about the Holy Spirit is even when you engage with things that can grieve the Holy Spirit or curtail or quench the Holy Spirit, he is still with you. Even when you deny, you see, you have to deny God who's living in you to engage with things that hurt you. Because God has made you in such a way. He's designed you for pleasure and for greatness and for deep purpose. He knows you and he knows what hurts your heart. He knows what hurts your mind. So these things that he has prescribed to us that are good and healthy and rewarding. And so when we engage in those things, because we're like, God, I've got this. I'm going to do it this way because this is a greater pleasure than you. And God, I'm going to do it this way because this is what I want. I'm on my throne. I'm my God. I'm the genie of me. You see, when we do that, we have to deny God because he won't deny us. He is with us in everything we do, in the wonderful, in the, in the heartbreaking. 
he is with us. He is with us in the sin, and he's with us in the things that we struggle with. And he's with us because he loves us. And you know what he will say when we deny him? He'll say, I love you. I I have more for you. Can I remind you of who you are? Can I remind you of your value? Can I remind you of what Jesus thinks about you? Can I tell you what Jesus is praying for you right now? Jesus wants the very best for you. So for some of you, the question is, do you know the Holy Spirit? For some of you, do you want this relationship with the Holy Spirit? And for others, it's as simple as saying, show me your yes. That's what the Holy Spirit would say. That's all he needs. It's a yielding. Sometimes we just need to surrender. That's give up the control. You're on the outside genie, weird God. Yield and yes. And you'll be surprised at how much adventure, how much pleasure, how much joy, how much peace, how much ease and devotion, how your perspective changes when you say yes to Acknowledging the presence of God. You see, why try get something that you already have on the outside? So why sorry on the inside. So why try get something that God has already given you and try make a plan to get it from the outside when it's already on the inside? It's so much easier just to take what you have from the Lord, take hold of it and enjoy it. And you know, God speaks and I want to just share three testimonies with you because it's so exciting. In this journey and in listening to the Holy Spirit, I've had three occasions where it was almost like the audible voice of God where I know if I'd been listening to my fear or my comfort levels, <laughs> I probably would not have participated. I was in the red zone in the Democratic um, Republic of Congo, so it was active war, and I was in a hospital with women that were survivors survivors of brutal rape. Um, apologies for the graphics, but what they would do in the villages as an act of violence and an act of war, they would break the women's legs and so they couldn't run away, and they would repeatedly rape them and brutally mutilate their bodies. Um, so we were in this ward and I remember thinking, God, I want to know what you are like in the face of suffering and not understanding why evil is pervasive. And I remember walking to a room where I could hear a woman crying and the thought came into my head and I knew it was the Holy Spirit, my precious, wonderful, loving Holy Spirit. And he said, I want you to go and kiss that woman on the lips. And I thought, okay, God, like I'll do anything. Um, And I walked into the back of the room and I lifted up a veil. I didn't understand why there was a veil over her face. But she had her lips cut off when she was brutally raped. And the wound was um, very infected and actually quite disgusting and quite traumatic to look at. And I remember thinking, Holy Spirit, I know this is your idea because you are so wonderful and you love this woman and you never intended for it to have that someone else had choice. And I remember taking her face and lifting it up and kissing those lips. And it was probably one of the most joyous, incredible moments of my life. 
Holy Spirit is wonderful. He's a genius. You should listen to him. And you know that months later, that woman started to heal in her heart because that moment was very significant because she felt unloved and cast aside. She hadn't seen anyone. No one had looked at her because she was so ashamed for a few months. And she started to heal and the the healing actually formed what looked like lips. Everyone knows your lips can't grow back. But it was extraordinary because God had touched her physically as well as emotionally. The Holy Spirit has great ideas. And he makes whole what was broken. The second one was I was on a flight. Now, my life is actually quite ordinary, but the Holy Spirit is not ordinary. So I just plonk along with him and these things just happen, right? (laughs) It's fun. That was a sad story, but there was such amazing reward and joy that came into that woman's life. And I'm sitting on a flight. I'm flying from Entebbe, Uganda, into Nairobi. And when I was in the airport in Uganda, I noticed a woman and straight away I thought, something's wrong, she's in trouble. Now that wasn't from my normal perception, she wasn't doing anything that would have indicated that. So I kept my eye on her and I thought, well let me go and just ask her if she needs help. And I showed her which gate she was at and I was like, oh, we're on the same flight, that's amazing. I smiled at her and left. And on the plane I sat down and I suddenly heard the audible voice of God This woman is in trouble. She's being trafficked. And as I looked up, it was my friend that I'd seen earlier. And this beautiful young woman sat next to me. I'm like, okay, this is not a coincidence. God is speaking because he loves. And I remember sitting next to her and asking her questions and realized it was not only her being trafficked, but a group of women on that flight. And I was able to call authorities and to let them know what was happening. They were completely ignorant to this. But I know that was the Holy Spirit. I would not have known that in the natural. You see, he is with us. He's the spirit of truth and he loves us. The third story was really wonderful and really wild. I'm on the pier in Santa Monica and um, in, in California, and it's known for the psychics and a very new age culture where people come to find something of that genie. They're like, where's the lamp? Where's the genie? <laughs> people know that there's more right And so we had a ministry time there where people were just coming to um, speak with us and look at photos, and it was extraordinary. People were getting born again. The presence of God was healing and delivering people right there on the spot. We weren't really doing anything but just being available and showing our yes. And I saw a young man, and I walked up to him, and I said, I'm sorry, I I just am so drawn to you guys. They were a beautiful couple. They were so in love. And I said, you know, I just want to tell you that God really loves you. That's all I had. God loves you. You may think that's lame. Maybe it is. But wait, you take the risk with the Holy Spirit and he will come because he is in you. He goes with you everywhere. And next minute out of my mouth, I said, are you a biomedical engineer and you're about to graduate and you need a scholarship for a postgrad? Now, please tell me if that's a normal thought that one should have. No. And his eyeballs nearly flew out of his face. And he said, how did you know that? And he was looking around. He said, I've just been to the the psychic. She couldn't tell me that. I said, oh, you know, bless her heart. I mean, she's trying. She's 
looking for the genie. And I said, you know that there's a God that designed you and purposed you, and he knows that you need funding. And then out of my mouth came a university name. And I said, oh, well, you should apply for Berkeley. And he stepped back, and his girlfriend went, oh. Because he just said, I've just been phoned by a professor at Berkeley to say, please put in an application for a PhD in biomedical engineering. You see, the Holy Spirit knows. And this is not for some select special few. This is the great thing about the new covenant. See, when Jesus walked the earth, there was one of him. But then he died and rose again. And what that did was make it available that we could have the very indwelling presence of Christ, the glory within. In Colossians 1.27, Christ within us, the hope of glory, so that we would be the full expression in this earth to carry God. He wants out of you. And he wants you to know that he gives himself wholly to you, entirely to you. And you can give the same to this world.